Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Get your Bibles, if you haven't yet, turn there. Turn to Acts, please. Acts is a brilliant book. We read so many amazing things about God. And again, the hero of the Bible is God, just like the hero of Acts is God himself. It's not the apostles. It's not just the people that got saved. It's God. It's always a beautiful picture of God, of who he is and his love for us. And and you know, one thing I think about when I consider uh, Acts, I see all the amazing things that God does still happening today there are 28 chapters in acts but do you know that acts 29 is still being written as we heard in fact your friends are reading the book of acts when they see you when they see you they're reading the book of acts because acts is still being written the holy spirit's power is still It's still as strong. It's still as potent as what it always was. And we see that in the Acts of the Apostles. God's church is not supposed to be absent from the power of God. Our services are not supposed to be absent from the presence of the Holy Spirit. And far be it from me to get critical about church services because it always starts in our own homes. It starts in our own hearts. At times we can, with that dissatisfaction, this that we don't see God move so powerfully, we can then project our dissatisfaction and start to blame churches and start to blame leaders and start to blame pastors. But really, when we point the finger, there are three pointing back. You've got the Holy Spirit too. We've all got the Holy Spirit. And we bring his presence with us in every region we go, whether it's hopping on a plane and going over to Zambia or whether it's going knocking on the next door neighbor's door. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have all that you need that pertains to life and godliness. It's in you already. If I told you that I had the spirit of Lionel Messi and I couldn't kick a soccer ball, You'd call up the asylum. The same thing is with us as believers. If we have God's spirit, let him out. Let him out. The Holy Spirit's active presence and power within us woos us, draws us, empowers us, graces us to be more like Jesus. He's making us more like Jesus every single day. We are being moved from glory to glory by his grace by the indwelling presence and power of God himself. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living inside of each of us. So when we say with God, all things are possible, it's true. All things are possible. All things, not just some things, all things are possible. Is God not with us? He's with us. Last week here in Malaga, we saw people getting healed. Who got healed last Sunday in the service? There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. At a great guest minister who all he did was share his story of faith. He's going to do that in Ellenbrook this coming Sunday. Come ready if you're in Ellenbrook. Yeah. Come with hearts of faith. But we're seeing more and more of that. In this season, we've seen 
we've seen people kept alive that were told one guy Shane that he wouldn't last he's alive he's well we've had relationships miraculously restored it just continues to happen people falling pregnant that would not otherwise be able to conceive that's normative that's normal that's not out of the ordinary that's normal when see when you put pick up the book of acts like oh my goodness look at that look at that that was that was just happening it was happening let's check this out acts chapter 2 Verse 17 says this, we all know this. In the last days, it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, not just the pastors, not just the leaders, not just the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, on everyone. My Holy Spirit will be poured out. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. I've got faith for my daughters. That's a promise taken from Joel. That's a promise in the last days. Are we not living in the last days? Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. They're going to do it. This year, we are making more space for God to just be God. You're going to see it. Now, that's what we're doing corporately. You'll see those moments. But I want to put it to you, family and friends here in this house. Do it in your own home as well. Make space for the Holy Spirit as you're talking to your spouse or your children. When you're around the dinner table, make space for God to come and intervene. When you're talking to someone down the shopping aisle, make space for God to intervene. Do something you haven't done before. Just pray for someone, perhaps. Let boldness arise. The Holy Spirit wants in. He's not just knocking on the doors of our church buildings. He's knocking on the doors of our hearts. Every fortnight, uh, we are on a Sunday evening here. We're going to be starting encounter services on a Sunday evening starting in March. They're not prayer services. They're not worship services. They're not even Sunday church services. They're just encounter services. We kind of don't exactly know what's going to happen. But what we figure is six o'clock, once a fortnight, Sunday evening, we might have some worship. We might have some preaching. We might have some waiting. We might have some, we don't know, but we just want to make more space for God to do what he wants to do. Invite you to come. Invite you to come. Yeah, sure. You can do it from the luxury of your armchair at home. You can. But why? Well, you can get together with other believers. Be fired up and faith-filled. Let's see what God wants to do. Acts 2, chapter 42 says, same chapter, and they devoted themselves. Everyone say that word, devoted. It's an important word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the press. This is such a common passage for us. But I felt drawn to it again. Verse 43, and all came upon every soul, Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. I mean, this is crazy kind of stuff. You're not just reading in a book. This is our, this is our family tree here. This is our spiritual ancestors here. Th these are things that happened. 46, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. 
And they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. There was a sense of awe. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul. Can you imagine? Your version might say fear. It's like a fear of God. Bring back the fear of God. Come on, bring back the awesomeness of God. See, the fear of man will kill you, but the fear of God will revive you. I catch myself out sometimes being too familiar with the Holy Spirit. He's a Holy Spirit, not just another spirit. He's holy. May we restore the awe. And awe came upon every soul. And signs and wonders happen. Now, when we see and we hear about signs and wonders and miracles, we naturally, like, we have our hearts filled with a, whoa, see what God did, whoa, and that's natural. But your version, a different version, might actually say, all came upon every soul, and then signs and wonders happen. Do you know that God delights when we have an awe of Him, when we're not familiar with Him? And then because of our faith, our hunger, our expectation. He's so willing to do something incredible. In Mark chapter 6, wasn't it just, that's, isn't that the carpen, carpenter's boy? Is that, isn't it just Jesus? We know him. And he did not do mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. We don't want to be a people where we don't believe, where we don't have faith. In 2024, may we believe more. More than ever, may we have trust. It doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like. It doesn't matter what your situation is. God is God and He is good. Whatever you're faced with in this moment, in this day, may you take your eyes off the mountain and may it be shifted to the mountain mover. Not the inadequacy of your circumstance, but the all-sufficiency of God. He's bigger than you think. What does he want to do in your life? Trust him. All came upon every one of them. All. Fear. Whoa. God rocks up. And it says many signs, many wonders were being done through the apostles. Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee... And Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. I want to, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just talk about God. I want to see him move. I want more of that. I've been moved again, reminded of a season of my life where I was getting frustrated as a young church pastor. And I said, hey, God, why aren't I hearing about the testimonies of miracles? I can read it in Acts but I'm not seeing it every day. And part of my heart was being a little bit critical of people that I knew that they just come to church and don't even do anything. Where are the miracles? I felt like the Lord checked me and he says, you be responsible for your own miracles. And following that nine to 12 months, I just, I just stepped out. I started praying for more people. I started talking to more people. And I tell you what, I saw more miracles than I've ever seen before. It's on you. It's not on God. It's on you. 
It's on me. It's on us. It's not us waiting on God. He's waiting on us. Awe came upon every soul. And so demonstration follows devotion because they devoted of themselves. They didn't devote someone else. They devoted themselves. His demonstration, let's make it personal. His demonstration follows my devotion. If you want God to show up and show off, look to him. Devote your heart to him. Move in the realm of faith and boldness. Let that freshness come again. Perhaps you've lost it. In Revelation, we see Jesus saying, hey, I have this against you. You've, you've strayed away from your first love. Come back again with a fresh faith, a fresh passion, a fresh fire for God and see what he can do. I think in that passage, the greatest fruit out of all of that was not just that they were together. It's not just that they shared all things in common. It's not just that they went to the temple every day. It's not just that they were breaking bread in homes. It's not just that they were praising God. It's, it's not just that they shared things. with everyone. I think the greatest fruit out of their devotion was the awe that came. That's what I think. See, when... Sometimes we can, we can pursue and chase the miracle rather than the miracle maker. And he gets lost in the process. Amen or ouch? See, in your mess, a miracle can come. But don't lose the Messiah in the miracle. Pursue the miracle, but know that it's in him that you pursue. See, when I get breakthrough, it's not the breakthrough that's my greatest reward. It's Jesus Christ himself. He is the reward. He is what I get. He is what I treasure. And there are times I miss it. And I say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lead me into repentance again. Devotion leads to demonstration. I, I want his power. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, but in power. 1 Thessalonians 1.5, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse three to five. Love this one. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. This is Paul. This is Paul, the mighty apostle. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Do you know one of the best but worst things I could have done? in my journey with God, was go to Bible school. It was great because I, I, I really got to see different aspects of Scripture. But you know what I found? I found that I was starting to become a bit cynical and critical of other people. And I was starting to rely on my own wisdom. And I thought that I knew better. Until I saw that knowledge puffs up but love edifies. And I saw that I've got to be careful to not rely upon my own intellect as a foundation for my relationship with God. That's just me being honest. I don't want to just rely on intellect or wisdom. I want the presence and the power of God every single day, not just on a Sunday, every day. Am I the only one? 
But devotion is key. Devotion to Jesus and Jesus alone. To what he's done. To his ever-present beauty in my life. He is so accessible. Do you know that? He's closer than you think he is. But there are threats to that devotion. Because of time, I'm going to stream through them. There are threats. The first one is distraction. Distraction. How often are we distracted from our devotion? Go out for a walk and all of a sudden your phone will start pinging. Let me just have a look and see who's messaged me. Put it back in. Oh, I wonder what the women's cricket scores were. As if I care about women's cricket all of a sudden. Look, we get distracted. We get distracted by the lures of the world. We seek after affirmation and approval unnecessarily. It's a distraction to our devotion. Another threat to our devotion is division. The enemy knows that a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. It just won't. If the enemy can use whatever means possible to divide us, he can distract us. Because then instead of fighting him, we fight each other. Can I also say that division is not just with other people. You could have a divided heart. See, I want a devoted heart. I don't want a distracted heart. I want a devoted heart. I don't want a divided heart. I want a devoted heart and I don't want a deceived heart either. Deception's the other thing. That's a threat to devotion. Distraction, division, and deception. Satan is not just the accuser of the brethren. You know, he's a deceiver of the nations. He's a liar. He's a father of lies. He appears as the angel of light. We are living in a day and age where it's getting worse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Do you know how important it is that we know the word of God and we hear the Holy Spirit and what is being taught and we are becoming increasingly biblically illiterate and then we're going around moving with every wind of doctrine. I think that sounds good now. I'll go to get my palm read over here and we're all seeking after and we're wanting truth. We want it, but it's only the Holy Spirit that leads us into all truth. Let's go to First uh, Timothy chapter 4. I haven't given that to you, Wesley. First Timothy chapter 4. Is it in the New Testament or the Old Testament? First Timothy chapter 4. Oh, it's just after Genesis. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the later time, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves. There's that word again. Devoting themselves. What are they devoting themselves to? Deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciousness are, are seared, who forbid marriage or quite abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Friends, please hear God's heart here. Don't stray. Devote yourselves to Him, to truth. And if you don't know what's true, you're more likely to be swayed into deception. Let's go to Paul's next letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 3 
and 4. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They'll accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Young people, older people alike, there are doctrines and truths that might sound more attractive to you and your earthly flesh. But don't believe what is convenient, believe what is true. I'm here to tell you, heaven is real, but so is hell. Jesus Christ is the only way, the only way, the only way. There is no other way to the Father except through him. Either Jesus made that up and he was kind of just telling fibs or he was telling the truth. John 14, 6. The Bible's pretty clear. Let's pick this thing up. The Bible's clear. Tells us from the very beginning, God created man and woman. Genesis speaks all about that. Revelation, it tells us what, what the end game's going to look like. That's why the enemy is so mad. That's why he's trying to get your attention. He, he wants you to be devoted away from God himself. He wants you to be distracted. At the uh, end of last year, I remember we were just simply, as an eldership, we had an elders meeting. It might have been an October meeting or November meeting. And just as we're closing, we just prayed together and something jumped into me. And I remember sharing it with the elders. I said, guys, I don't know what this is, but I just heard there is something coming down the pike. I don't know what it is, but there is something coming and there's something global coming down the pike. And we've got to be prepared. We've got to be ready. The sense that I have, though, it wasn't a hopeless thing that we're going to be overwhelmed. It was an opportunity for the church to stand. Now, let's let's go back a few years. right? Let's look at the conversation around COVID. Malaga knows I haven't been too silent on this matter because at the core of it, the enemy used fear to persuade and control. If you could go back to the beginning of COVID and could tell yourself something, what would it be? Don't say it out loud. If you could do it again, if you could do it again, and you then look back and 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 work through in your heart how you came to decisions, how you went to people or avoided people, how you conducted yourself or didn't, the decisions that we made back then, let's go back, the decisions we made back then, if you could coach yourself and your heart to disciple retrospectively disciple your heart to a different way, what would you say? Think about that for a moment. Sit with God, perhaps. And let's learn from that moment. Because what happened was a sifting experience. Our, you know, the enemy has been trying to sift our faith. He's trying to separate his people. He's trying to distract us. He's trying to divide us. And he's trying to deceive us. May we never give to fear like that again. So those things are threats to our devotion, but did you also know that those things are symptoms of devotion deficiency? When we are not fully devoted to God, we are more likely to give into distraction. We are more likely to give into division. We are more likely to give over to deception. That's what happens. Anyone vitamin deficient here? This morning, I was popping pills 
when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I'd look at older people with these little pill things. And I'd be like, oh man, they're so old. This morning I'm having a chuckle as, as I'm opening up my little, I'm a pill popper. I've got vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E. No word of a lie. I've got magnesium in there too, garlic and horseradish. Man, I'm choking on pills every morning. You take those things to avoid being deficient. Do you know, as we devote ourselves to Jesus and we are not swayed, but we keep our eyes fixed, we don't become deficient. Jesus himself says in John 10, I've come to give life, and life is Zoe, everything. Life in its fullness, abundant life. He's all we need. In this season, may we have faith in him and him alone, not faith in the outcome, not faith in ourselves, not faith in faith. Have faith in him. I wonder in 12 months' time, what story would you have of breakthrough in your life? This morning is a call for boldness for us all. In Acts chapter 4, and we're about to finish, in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John are before a council. There's this big speech that Peter gives. He finishes off in verse 12. There's salvation in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. He's actually having a crack to, to another saying that they had about Nero being that guy. But then it says in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Remember, they, there was a blind there, there, excuse me, there was a beggar in Acts chapter 3 that was miraculously healed and they, and, 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 and they were brought to question. But these guys were uneducated. Yeah, God, God's not so interested in your ability. He wants your availability. Are we available? Oh, but my, my, my calendar's too full. Clear a few things. Clear the plate and let God put something else on there. Don't assume that what God spoke to you in the last season is what he's saying to you in this season. Be available. Later on in Acts chapter 4, it says in verse 29, Now the Lord look upon their threats. Excuse me, this is um this is a prayer that they're praying for. Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Verse 30, while I've got that circle while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So they're under opposition, they're under persecution, they're under threat. And what do they pray? Lord, get us out of here. Lord, give us boldness. We are living at a time where good is called evil and evil is called good. We are living in some pretty exciting times. King Jesus is coming back really soon. 
And we have, do you know how amazing this is? That God would design, he would design this amazing blueprint, this plan. And, and at this particular moment in history, he would purpose for you and I to be here. He's got something for us to say and do. Not just to cower, to give into fear, but to be bold and have faith. Where we go to work, where we go to play, where we meet with our family members, the Holy Spirit wants into you and out of you. He wants to infill you, to outpour from you. This is the season, church. This is the season. We're going to see it more and more. More and more. But we can't underestimate God. So here's a call to get going. Get going. Go get your own miracles. Get going. The Holy Spirit's with you. It's all you need. No matter what happens in this coming season, I submit to you, don't stray from God himself. No matter what pressure, no matter what you feel, no matter what opposition or persecution, because what we miss out from him, we can't get from anywhere else. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.